This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Hello and welcome to War Horses, the only college question podcast that has messed up their numbering of weeks, but isn't going to change because it's too late now. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's talk about some college equestrian. Uh, so yeah, uh, the title of this week's episode is Week 13, but technically I numbered these based on the week of action that we're recapping, but I got messed up when the spring season began. Uh, I called the spring preview episode Week 11, and now I'm kind of locked into it. So when I post the rankings graphics uh, on Instagram, I still stay with the traditional numbering system, but now the podcast and the ranking graphics are kind of out of sync. But, oh well, those things happen. So... Even though this episode is about the upcoming week 13, we need to look back at week 12's action with some meat recaps. Week 12 started off on Friday with Fresno State at TCU. In the predictions, I thought TCU was going to win going away, 17-3, but that's not what happened. Uh, Oh yeah, one other thing. Last week, I tried to do the score of the Baylor-Georgia meet in the event order that things happened, but I got mixed up. And then I compounded that by going on and on about how Riley Couchet had won the meat clinching point, when in fact, it was Anna Thrawn who got the meat clinching point. Uh, several people caught that error, and they let me know about it. That's great. Um, so yeah, Anna Thrawn, she, she really got the, the clinching point. So uh, anybody that, that bought like Riley Couchet a, a meal for, for that, based on what I said, you really owe it to Anna Thrawn. And by free meal, obviously, I would not want anybody to violate the NCAA's uh, NIL rules. So we'll just say that uh, what you could do is go over to whatever uh, restaurant that Anna likes and you could contact the owner and you could tell the owner that you would love to sponsor a one-off social media campaign featuring Anna enjoying the meal of her choice at that restaurant. And then the amount you would like to donate to that social media campaign just so happens to be the exact same amount of Anna's favorite entree. And you do it that way, and it's all legal. So, just uh, good to know that. Now, back we go over to Fresno State at TCU. So, this meet started off with raining and fences. Uh, raining went 3-2 to two for TCU, and fences went 3-2 to two for Fresno State. So, everything was tied up at the half. This was a bit shocking uh, to see how well the Bulldogs were doing on the road. Uh, would it continue in the second half? Well, let's take a look. On the flat, TCU won 3-2, to two, and in horsemanship, TCU won 4 to nothing. Well, that's a dirty sweep there. So that made the final score 12-7 to 7 Frogs. This was closer than we thought it would be. It was still a comfortable win with that second half horsemanship explosion, but might want to keep an eye on TCU, just make sure everything's okay over there. But, I mean, they're still the best team in the sport right now, so we can't nitpick too much. For Fresno State, this was a really nice performance, even in the loss. They rode well in everything except horsemanship. Uh, but TCU probably has the best horsemanship in the country, so you take what you can get there. Uh, but good job in this one, Bulldogs. Friday's other meet was Bridgewater College at Sweetbriar. I thought this was going to be 9-1. to one. Here's how it really went. Sweetbriar won fences 3-2, to two, and they also won the flat 4-1. to one. So the final score ended up being 7-3. to three. This wasn't as big of a blowout as expected, but it was another comfortable win for the Vixens. For Bridgewater, they actually did a little bit better than expected. They still have a long way to go to get into the national championship tournament, but this meet showed that they can get some points from anybody. Over we go to Saturday, where Fresno State matched up against SMU. Now, I thought this one was going to be 15-3. Here's how it really went. Things started off with fences and horsemanship. 
Fences went 4-1 to one for SMU, and horsemanship went 3-1 to one for SMU. So things were 7-2 at the half, and SMU was pretty much cruising. In the second half, the flat went 2-1 to one for SMU, a lot of ties there, and reigning went 4-1 to one for SMU. So you add that up, and you get a 13-4 final score. So this one went about as expected. For Fresno State, again, road meets are tough. Two back-to-back ones are even tougher. Uh, they look good against TCU for most of Friday, but then things kind of came back down to earth on Saturday for them. They probably hoped they could follow up Friday's performance with a good showing against SMU, a team that they beat at home in the fall, but the Mustangs had other ideas. For SMU, this was another strong home win. They are doing what they need to do at home, and the spring looks just as promising for them as the fall did. Okay, we have one more meet left, and it was a big one. The meet of the week, Auburn at South Carolina. I predicted Auburn would win in a close one, 11-8. Here's how things really went. The day started off with horsemanship and equitation on the flat. Auburn won horsemanship 4-1, to and South Carolina won the flat 3-2. to So that made the halftime score 6-4 to Auburn. The Tigers probably wanted a little bit bigger lead, but it's on the road, and 6-4, to you'll take that. In the second half is where things got strange. Auburn won fences 3-2, and in reigning, the Gamecocks swept that one 5-0. That made the final score 11-9 South Carolina. So yeah, Auburn had the lead, and with the way the points came in on this one, I think Auburn was up 9-5 with six rides remaining, and they did not get another point. Uh, Very rough. Uh, Obviously, now you could point the finger at reigning, but really it was the same sort of performance overall that we've seen three other times for Auburn on the road. They lost two of those. Uh, They barely beat UT Martin on the road, and probably because they got a pretty big talent gap uh, between the uh, Skyhawks and the Tigers. But on Saturday, there wasn't that much of a talent gap, and that opened the door for the uh, Gamecocks and the upset. Now, Auburn is in the midst of a three-meet losing streak, and this has not happened since the 2011-2012 season. And with the trip to Georgia coming up this weekend, that streak might grow to four, something that I could not find that the last time that had ever happened. I don't think Auburn has, has lost four straight meets since the current uh, head-to-head format was adopted. Now, after the previous two Auburn losses, I was quick to point out that any other team would have lost in those same situations, but not this time. We saw Texas A&M get a close win at South Carolina in the fall, so Auburn has kind of taken a step back from their conference peers. I'll also say that this streak has a lot to do with a less-than-great schedule. Normally, you don't want too many road meets in a row or too many home meets in a road, but this four-road meet section of the schedule is just brutal. And for longtime listeners, you'll recall that South Carolina had a schedule a little bit like this back in the 2021-22 season. In that schedule, they were really set up for failure right out the gate with five of their first six meets on the road. You really don't want that many road meets in a row. The closest we saw to this uh, recently was SMU's schedule last season, where they ended up with three straight road meets at South Carolina, at Georgia, and at Auburn. Now, they won two of those, didn't beat Auburn, but uh, they had uh, two close victories with South Carolina and Georgia. So, enough about Auburn and their schedule. Let's talk about South Carolina. This was a great meet for them. It would have been easy to fold after Auburn's hot start, but they regrouped, they won that flat 3-2, and then they put the hammer down in raining. This is shaping up to be a very good season for the Gamecocks. They now know they can stay with the good teams on their schedule, at home at least, and this win means South Carolina is pretty much going to go to Ocala in April. 
the Gamecocks could probably lose every meet from here on out, even the South Dakota State meet at home, and the selection committee is probably still going to give them an invite. But you should not lose to South Dakota State at home, just to, just to be sure there. Okay, so that was all of Week 12's action. Now let's take a look at the Golden, Golden Scoresheet Score Sheet Awards. Awards. The Golden Score Sheet Award is a competition where each week I review all of the official score sheets and award deductions or bonus points based on the number of errors that I find. Every team begins the season with 100 points, and at the end of the season, the team or teams with the highest point totals will win an actual award from me commemorating their achievement in outstanding records keeping. This week, everybody's score sheet looked a lot better than normal. South Carolina lost one point because they didn't put a zero down for Auburn's uh, score in reigning. They left it blank, and that is not the same as a zero. Uh, but everybody else had perfect score sheets, and TCU had a perfect score sheet and got the five bonus points for putting the home team on the right. So, like I said last week, Sacred Heart is the only remaining team with 100 points that has hosted a meet. Tied for second place are Fresno State and Oklahoma State at 99 points. Baylor and UT Martin are tied for fourth place with 97 points. Auburn is in sixth place with 96 points. And Delaware State is in seventh place with 95 points. Now I'm going to stop there because I want to point out that with any of these teams, if you were to take advantage of the five-point bonus by putting the home team on the right of your score sheet, then any of you would be either tied or ahead of Sacred Heart right now. And I want to point out that last week, TCU was 14 points behind Sacred Heart, and now they are only nine points behind Sacred Heart because they got that five-point bonus. If they keep that up, they could pass the Pioneers and win this whole dang thing. And I want to say one more thing. We are going to cut the contest off at the final week of the regular season. So conference tournaments will not count towards the Golden Score Sheet Award. Okay, now let's take a look at the official Auburn Elvis College Equestrian Rankings. Number one is TCU. The Frogs didn't blow Fresno State out, but they won comfortably. No one has looked better overall, so TCU remains number one. Number two is Texas A&M. The Aggies were idle, but look a little better than everyone below them after Auburn couldn't win in Blythewood like the Aggies did in the fall. Number three is SMU. <laughs> the Mustangs got their revenge on Fresno State for that fall road upset and hold on to the number three spot. Number four is Auburn. Yes, the Tigers are in the midst of their worst run of performance in nearly a decade, and yet they are still the fourth best team right now. Number five is South Carolina. <laughs> the Gamecocks jump up one spot because of that Auburn home win, and if you're thinking they deserve to be higher, well, you must have forgotten how their trip to Auburn went in October. Number six is Georgia. Bulldogs didn't drop a spot after last week's loss at Baylor, and I considered leaving them at number five this week because they have beaten South Carolina at home, but with last week's loss and South Carolina's big win, it seemed like Georgia deserves to fall one spot. At number seven, we have Oklahoma State. Yeehaw! The Cowgirls were idle again this week, so they'll hang steady at number seven. And at number eight, we have Delaware State.
The Hornets were idle this week, so they stay at number eight. Okay, so if the season ended today, those eight teams would deserve to go to the national championship tournament. Now here are the two teams waiting in the wings trying to get in. At number nine, we have Baylor. The Bears were idle, but they looked good last week at home, and they are just waiting for one of the teams above them to slip up. At number 10, we have Fresno State. The Bulldogs' two losses this weekend were expected, and although they only have one win, it's a better win than either of UT Martin's wins, so the Bulldogs will narrowly remain in the top 10 this week. In the single discipline, we had Sweetbriar beating Bridgewater as expected, so the rankings remain the same. Number one is Lynchburg. Number two is Sweetbriar. Number three is Dartmouth. And then you kind of have a bit of a gap. And number four is Sacred Heart. Number five is Swanee. Number six is Bridgewater. And then you have another gap. And then you have number seven, College of Charleston. And number eight, Barry College. Okay, so now let's look into the future and talk about some, some meat, meat previews. previews. Okay, this week we have a lot of meat, so we're going to try to go through them quickly while still telling you what to expect. Delaware State at UT Martin. This is a big meet with some real ramifications for the road to Ocala. The Hornets beat the Skyhawks at home, but can they do it on the road? Let's see. I think Fences goes 3-2 for UT Martin. I think Flat is a 2-2 tie. I think Horsemanship goes 3-2 for Delaware State. And I think Raining goes 3-1 for UT Martin. Add that up, and I think we're looking at a 10-8 win for UT Martin. South Carolina at TCU. I hope the Gamecocks didn't celebrate that Auburn win too long, because this is going to be tough. I think Carolina wins Fences 3-2. I think Carolina wins the flat 3-2. I think TCU wins Horsemanship 4-0. And I think TCU wins Reigning 3-2. Add that up, and I think TCU wins 11-8. Baylor at Oklahoma State. Alright, the Cowgirls really need some wins to stay in the top 8 for Ocala. We know Baylor's getting better, but can they win on the road? Let's see. I think Fences goes 3-2 for OSU. I think Flat goes 3-2 for Baylor. I think Horsemanship goes 3-2 for OSU. And Raining goes 3-2 for OSU. If all that happens, we'll have an 11-9 win for Oklahoma State. Next up, College of Charleston at Lynchburg. Okay, I don't hold out a lot of hope for the Cougars on the road here, but I am excited to see what they can do against Lynchburg. I think Fences goes 3-1 for Lynchburg, and I think the Flat goes 3-1 for Lynchburg. On over to Saturday we go. First off, Auburn at Georgia. Can Auburn get back on track? Bishop is probably not the best place to do it, so let's take a look at the favorites. I think Auburn wins Fences 3-2. I think Georgia wins the Flat 3-2. I think Auburn wins Horsemanship 3-2, and I think Raining ends up in a 2-2 tie. Add that up, and I think Auburn takes a nail-biter 10-9 on the road. 
Delaware State versus UC Davis. The Hornets get a little lucky here and they face UC Davis at a neutral site. Also, we're not sure if this will be 5-on-5 five five or 4-on-4, four four, probably 4-on-4, four four, so that's how I'm going to predict it. I think Fences goes 3-1 to one for Delaware State. I think the flat goes 3-1 to one for UC Davis. I think Horsemanship goes 3-1 to one for Delaware State. And I think Reigning goes 2-2 two to two for both of them. Add that up, and I think we'll see a 9-7 to seven win for Delaware State. Minnesota Crookston at South Dakota State. Okay, we've seen the Golden Eagles make some moderate improvements this season, but is it enough to get a road victory at South Dakota State? Let's see. I think Fences goes 3 to nothing for the Jackrabbits. I think the flat goes 3 to 1 for the Jackrabbits. I think Horsemanship goes 4 to 1 for South Dakota State, and I think Reigning also goes 4 to 1 for South Dakota State. Add that up and I think we're looking at a 14 to 3 victory for the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. UC Davis at UT Martin. I think Fences goes 3 to 2 for UT Martin. I think the flat goes 3 to 2 for UC Davis. I think Horsemanship goes 3 to 2 for UC Davis, and I think Reigning goes 3 to 2 for UT Martin. Add that up, and it's a 10-10 tie, and I'm going to say UT Martin gets the edge in the tiebreaker. South Carolina at Texas A&M. This will be tough for the Gamecocks. I think Fences goes 3-2 for A&M. I think the flat goes 2-2 for everybody. I think Horsemanship goes 3-1 for A&M, and I think Reigning goes 3-2 for A&M. Add that up, and I think it's an 11-7 win for Texas A&M. College of Charleston versus Bridgewater. Last meet of the week, it's a neutral site contest between College of Charleston and Bridgewater. I'm guessing this is going to be 4-on-4, four four, so that's how I'm going to call it. I think it'll be Bridgewater winning fences 3-1 to one and Bridgewater winning flat 3 to nothing for a final score of 6-1 to one Bridgewater. And that's all for this week's show. I hope to make it over to the Auburn-Georgia meet on Saturday. The forecast right now is for rain, so I hope that changes. But if not, I'll just try to stay dry somehow. I hope y'all enjoyed this show. And, you know, if you like the show or the matchup graphics or the rankings or, or just whatever, and you see me out somewhere, say hi. I always enjoy meeting listeners. And even if I get you mixed up and say you won the final point when you really didn't, still come over and say hello. That's all for this week's episode. I'm your host, Auburn Elvis. I'll thank you very much for listening and War Horses. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.